1: What up world? Welcome on and all to another episode of the Ocho Presented you in Partnership, as always with SB Nations blogging the boys.com. My name is RG Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB, and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. A very happy hump day from all of us to all of you. We hope that all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy practicing social distancing, and we hope talking about the Dallas Cowboys brings you some level of joy. Uh, it is the middle of the week, so uh hopefully uh you've got some fun things in store this weekend. Um I mentioned that uh we're moving and so lots of packing in my future. You know, you just you never need boxes, right? And so you get rid of all the boxes and then all of a sudden you need boxes. You know, wh- you know, where are all the boxes now? Uh but I digress. Um you know, Tuesday we got some Dallas Cowboys action in a weird way. Uh Tuesday had some interesting Dallas Cowboys I don't want to say headlines, but, you know, content uh, lurking and something really cool. Uh, Troy Aikman was on the Darren Woodson show, a new podcast out there. Uh, I've checked out Darren's podcast. It's pretty awesome. So if you haven't, make sure you go support a uh, former cowboy. And uh, Darren has uh, had on a variety of people on his podcast so far, but he obviously had Troy Aikman on and, there was a lot discussed here, and it was just really cool to hear Troy and Darren talking about life and football and everything. Uh, but Troy, I thought, you know, he was asked about how he handled success once he finally achieved it with the Cowboys after they won Super Bowl twenty-seven. Because if you know Troy Aikman's entire career, you know very well, you know that um, obviously, you know, in college things didn't get off to a great start for him, and transferred to UCLA, and obviously things didn't get off to a great start in the NFL. NFL with the Cowboys but I thought this was a really interesting answer that Troy kind of took a number of directions here is Troy Aikman on the Darren Woodson show
2: at the time whenever teams had gone on and won a Super Bowl then they always talked about the Super Bowl hangover Mm -hmm. the following season and how they struggled and they typically had most teams had struggled after they'd won a Super Bowl guys are doing book deals or appearances and you kind of lose lose the focus I guess and it 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 was always strange to me because after we won our championship, I thought, "Man, that's such a that's such a magical time and the feelings you have when you go through that playoff run and win a Super Bowl." To me, it only fueled the drive that much mm-hmm. more. Really? Like, like how do you not want to feel this every year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I I got even more motivated uh, to 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 win an, at, at all costs and. And so that's really where it came from and then knowing that we had become an offense that you know we threw the ball the, <clears throat> there's this uh, uh, there's this idea that that all we did was run the ball mm-hmm. you know and and we ran the ball obviously and we ran the ball well but we threw the ball really well too yeah. and and early on in games in the first halves we we would throw the ball more than we'd We'd run it, and then we'd close out games running the ball. But if you go back and look at a number of those years, our best years, our our yards per per pass, we were, we were number one a few times. We were top three. So we didn't throw it as much as Miami or San Francisco or Green Bay. But when we did throw it, we threw it as well, if not better than anybody who did. Mm-hmm. So we, we were a really good throwing team. But with that being said, I, I knew that, I knew that I wasn't going to win passing titles or touchdowns. And, you know, I would have loved to have thrown the ball more than we did, but my legacy was going to be about winning championships. And, and that, that's really, that's, that's why I'm in the hall of fame. I mean, I know that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I knew that early on that, that this is, this is how I'm going to be defined. And and quite honestly, I was okay with that. I mean, that's, that's the way as it should be, especially as a quarterback. And so uh, I think that only fueled me a little bit more. And, The frustration for me as I moved through my career is uh, I I just felt that there were a lot of decisions being made that I had no control over. And yet they were reflecting on me because of how we were playing on the field. And and so I, I knew what it was like when I first got in the league and we weren't very good. And then I know what it was like when we got good, that five, six year window. And then you, through that, you earn some respect, you earn respect in your own locker room and you earn respect around the league. And I felt like I was at risk of giving that up because of nothing that I could control. And that's where the frustration became, uh, each year it got more and more frustrating. And uh, I I really felt that I'd go on and play uh, after I left the Cowboys. It didn't obviously work out that way, but, you know my career was cut a little bit short it was it wasn't it really was not due to injury uh it was it was due to just finally at a breaking point and uh and not not wanting to continue to do the things uh or go along with the things that were being done in Dallas
1: you know Troy we have heard say at several turns um that he well, I, I, I suppose I should say we've heard Troy make some interesting comments or, or things that people would chalk up to be interesting comments. And, um, you know, maybe you don't find it interesting that Troy would kind of blame. That's, that's a harsh word, but blame some things on the front office, certainly saying that, you know, he was just kind of worn out there at the end. Uh, he's spoken before about how he was, you know, maybe going to play somewhere else. He talked about that in his episode of A Football Life. We talked about that with Chris Weaver, our friend from NFL Films. I just, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, Troy Aikman knows better than anybody else about the life of Troy Aikman, but uh, that's interesting to, to hear. And, you know, Troy has also spoken about how he kind of has some sort of goals to be an NFL general manager and how he's realized that, you know, that's not going to happen with the Cowboys because he's not a Jones. And I don't know. I just, you know, it's interesting to hear Troy Aikman continue to talk. I think I think that people are – and I'm not saying nobody should be, but I think people love Tony Romo so much, uh, and love him as an analyst and as a commentator that we almost take for granted how good Troy Aikman is at his job as well. And Troy Aikman's a great public speaker, and so hearing him on this podcast was awesome. Uh, we talked to Ed Werder last week on the 750 uh, about how he was on his podcast. And by the way, I know that we did not have a new episode of the 750 this week. Tony uh, mentioned that he was getting some knee surgery, so he is uh, he's on on the mend. So our best wishes uh to our fellow btb tony casillas that was why we weren't able to get an episode of the 750 but we should have one next week uh but anyway interesting comments from troy i thought the coolest thing was how he talked about how he knew that he was going to be defined by championships and he really didn't care about anything else he just wanted to win um you know in in your super cliche worlds, that's what you want to hear from your quarterback, right? You know, I just want to win whatever, win at all cost, win, win, win. This offseason has felt so long that I've already forgotten until this moment that it was just a few months ago that people tried to make the case that Tony Romo was more talented than Troy Aikman. Um, you know, I'm just going to say I disagree and we'll leave it at that. Uh, but, you know, that was not the only uh, interesting point of audio recently, um, and so... Something else, uh, you know, Joe McCoy has made the media rounds um, as the, one of the newest members of the Dallas Cowboys, and that's kind of something that I think he's excited about, honestly, is that, you know, although, to be fair, you know, I know he was a Panther last year, but the Buccaneers are uh, at the center of a lot of NFL scopes right now, thanks to Tom Brady, but Um, Gerald McCoy has been on all sorts of shows. He did a a hit with DallasCowboys.com. He did a hit with ESPN. He's uh, he wrote something in the Players Tribune. He, uh, you know, was recently on The Herd with Colin Coward. And he, this was a really awesome conversation. If you have not, go listen to Gerald McCoy on The Herd. I think it's on their YouTube channel. A really awesome conversation. He talked about everything going on in the world right now and just kind of uh shared a message of, of spreading love and spreading positivity while also really providing um some high points of intellect on some very important subjects um but with regards to football he he did mention the cowboys not brand but uh well here's what he here's what he told colin coward about life after playing for the dallas cowboys
3: who is one of the top if not the top Analyst on Fox, Uh, Troy Aikman. Okay, okay. Who took over for John Gruden um, after he left Monday Night Football? Jason Witten, Cowboy. Okay. Who is going to be the highest paid analyst next year? Tony Romo. All right, I'll leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) So if you if you don't think that being a cowboy has its advantages and its benefits,
1: yeah, it does. So, Gerald McCoy, I don't know. Maybe uh, someday he's calling Monday Night Football. You know, you don't know how that's going to go in the future. That production is obviously always in need of help. But Gerald McCoy, and we talked to Casey Phillips about this when she was on the show. Uh, Obviously, Casey works for the Buccaneers. How Gerald has such a fun personality. I can totally see him in the media someday. And, it makes sense that he would set himself up that way, certainly near the end of his career, uh, while playing for the Cowboys. I think the national, you know, nationally televised game, primetime games, however you want to qualify it, that's a big deal. I mean, Gerald McCoy will be seen by millions and millions and millions of people while a member of the Dallas Cowboys, and that simply has not happened to this point in his career. Um, so, you know, cool words from uh, from Gerald McCoy. Um, you know, that that's. Um, That's pretty sweet. But something else that I thought was interesting is, you know, I I talked about with Troy Aikman, how in the most cliche way, right? You want your quarterback to be this unquestioned leader and you want your quarterback to want to win above everything else, et cetera. And I think when we look at fandom, we all want the players we root for and the teams we root for etc we all want those players to love the team as much as we do right and we all want it to mean as much to them as much as it means to us that's why so many people love college football um, and I thought that what Gerald McCoy said about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was really really cool um, he he was asked um, about his thoughts on Tom Brady being the Buccaneers quarterback and uh, how he can do in the Tampa Bay lifestyle obviously he knows it well and uh, he talked about his friends and you know the relationships that he has on the Buccaneers team, and well, here's what he had to say. For me, I'm a lifelong Bucks fan. Okay, and until we have
3: to play them, I'm always going to root for the Bucks. I'm just, I'm just telling you that. I hope they go undefeated, and then they lose to us in the playoffs. I'm gonna just be honest. Yeah. I'm always, I'm a lifelong Bucks fan. One of my best friends is Levante David. I believe he deserves all the TV time he's going to get. I believe he's very, very underrated. I'm excited for all my former teammates. I just want all of them to get all the publicity they deserve. I believe that Tom Brady can be what they need. And uh, I hope they win, man. I really do. I hope they – everything that happens except the Super Bowl because
1: that's for us. That was Gerald McCoy. On the herd uh, again. Highly encourage you to go listen to it all. I think it's the coolest thing that he is actually of the mindset. Yeah, um, I want the Bucks to do well. I hope they go undefeated uh, unless they're playing the Cowboys. I want the Bucks to win. That's really cool. I, I I think to to act like Joe McCoy doesn't have any allegiance or loyalty or whatever to the Bucks is ridiculous. I mean, he spent almost a decade there, and so um, you know he talked about how he's been a Bucks fan, a lifelong Bucks fan, and so that is really cool. And I think that. Just as an NFL fan, I love that it means that much to players to play for teams, and I, I just that that is a really cool answer to me. Um, so make sure you go check that out. The um, the last thing that I thought was interesting that kind of spawned a question for me and i think we'll turn this question into an episode all on its own so maybe this is a teaser for tomorrow um but so nfl.com did an article where they highlighted key homegrown players for every nfl team and what that is is a player that that particular team drafted and you know therefore is homegrown somebody who's been in that team system since they've been in the nfl and the player they highlighted for the cowboys ahead of 2020 was leighton vanderish obviously to the Cowboys drafted Layton in 2018 so he's never played for anybody else you get the picture now last year in this same exercise NFL.com highlighted Michael Gallup and obviously Michael Gallup had an incredible season he's so coveted now by Cowboys fans that nobody and they would be correct would trade him for Jamal Adams um, that's how much Michael Gallup means to the Cowboys and we've talked a lot about Leighton and I don't mean to take the article that was about Leighton and turn it into Michael Gallup. But that sparked an interesting question for me, especially because, again, when the Jamal Adams stuff was, you know, kind of hot a few weeks ago and Michael Gallup's name was thrown out there by Gary Myers, everybody who's anybody said, no, I wouldn't trade Michael Gallup for Jamal Adams. I'm one of those people. I wouldn't do that. And so let me put it to you and I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Which 2018 Cowboys draft pick is better or more valuable to the Cowboys, however you want to qualify. You get the point of the question. Leighton Vanderish or Michael Gallup? I think that's an interesting question because I think that a year ago, it was no doubt Leighton Vanderish Esch. Leighton had this incredible rookie season. And, you know, we have a video up on the blog on the boys' YouTube channel that talks about uh, what position groups are most likely to disappoint in 2020. None of us would have guessed the linebacker position last year because of Leighton Vanderish And Leighton obviously... I don't think anybody thinks he's a a bad player, but I think people are concerned about his, you know, status, his health status. And I know we talked to Ron Slavin a few months ago, and he said there's no need to be worried about that. Um, And for what it's worth in the NFL.com write-up, they compared him to Sean Lee. And that comparison is easy, but it's easy to understand why somebody would make it. And meanwhile, while Michael Gallup's never been an all-pro, I think we all agree that Michael Gallup is criminally underrated, um, and I think that we all agree that he does not get enough attention, he does not get as much love as he deserves. Who is better? Who is more valuable to the Cowboys? Because if you would not trade Michael Gallup for Jamal Adams, then I have a hard time imagining that you think Leighton Vander Esch is better than Michael Gallup. And I had never thought of it in those terms. And so I think I lean Michael Gallup. Um, but if you told me I had to give up one, I would give up Michael Gallup, if that makes sense. Just because, you know, there's a surplus there. Um, shout out to that episode of The Office. But that's a, that's a tough question for me. And I don't even know if I feel supremely confident in the answer right now. That's what I'm saying. I think we need a whole episode uh, and some discussion to kind of, um, you know, kind of float this out there. So I tell you what, think about this question hit me up. I am at RJ Ochoa on Twitter and Instagram. You can email me, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. And tomorrow on Thursday's episode, we'll dive into this a little bit deeper. Who is better? Who's more valuable? Who do you prefer? Again, however you want to characterize it, Leighton Vanderish or Michael Gallup. And they're both obviously on rookie contracts, but we're not looking at finances here. We're just talking about who they are as players. Obviously, health is a big part of that. So Leighton Vanderish, Michael Gallup, who do you got? Let me know. Also, do me a favor. Have the absolute best Wednesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you mañana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.